3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, May 6, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley. I look forward to bring, doing this podcast every day, like uh, I've been doing for since 1999, I think, as the first time I got on air with uh, my then partner, Jerry Klein, Klein Pavlos Peasley. He's passed away. Um, I'm always careful to give you straight, unbiased answers. That's my job. I have no hidden agenda. I'm not trying to push anything on you, so you've noticed that, I'm sure, if you're a listener. In fact, the show is mostly driven by you. The direction it takes is up to you, but your questions. You ask any, any question financial, and I'll do my best to answer it. So it's my goal to help you understand what's going on. What's actually happening in the economic environment, the stock market, anything financial? What is happening? I know a lot of you have questions because the market is acting poorly. But one of my talking points today is what is uh, how poorly has it really been acting? I know anybody in tech stocks have been getting crushed, but not necessarily everything so this would be interesting to talk about if you ha- if you have an interest in that uh you got to put the odds in your favor you really do um and that means you have to learn that means you have to understand what's what how stocks move why they move when they move up or down up or down doesn't matter you need to understand the volatility the market always will be volatile We've had a lot of extra volatility, and a lot of it's been down. But the market is always volatile, and yet to really, it it I, yesterday when someone asked a question, uh, we talked about the language of the market. You have to start to learn the language. It is difficult. Don't it's not plain old English, okay? How the market moves at things move during times up or down that you, doesn't make sense sometimes but it does to the market. And those are things we have to learn. So today on this podcast, we'll operate with the same mission statement we talk about every day, independent thinking and shared success. And that is your assurance that our market reporting, our process explanations, educational segments, will all be presented without bias. We give you the facts here. Okay. I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. Yes, you get to shape the show to your liking. Where do you want to go? What do you want to talk about? In fact, you can call and call and interact with me right now because we're live right now, four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Justin or our, our I are live. Or if you can't call during the live show, you can always leave your question anytime on our Invest Talk voice bank. You can ask questions anytime. Just leave them on this machine. Either way, the number never changes. 888-99-CHARTS. So let's get right to the first listener line question.
2: Hey guys, thanks for the show. I learned a lot. I'm looking at MYRG. It's an electric construction company in Colorado. It closed Friday the 28th at 79, which I think is still way too high given the forward-looking earnings. To me, the chart looks like This might go as low as 50 Seems like a good, well-run company. Wondering what you think about a potential pickup price would be. I want to be conservative since it doesn't pay a dividend. Thanks.
3: Pay a dividend. Provides transmission distribution services for electric utility industry, electric contracting services. It's a $1.4 billion company. It's made money forever, so it's, it's been very consistent on making money. It's been growing recently seven five to ten percent sales per quarter, and next year it's going to make five dollars and sixty five cents. This year it's going to make five dollars and seventeen cents. Last year it made four ninety five, so it's a pretty steady grower. So, what is five dollars and sixty five cents worth? Well, the return of equity is eighteen percent, which is very good. Hardly any debt, very good. Uh, Cash flow is strong, $7.70. Management owns 3% of the stock. And mutual funds and institutional owners have 62% of the stock. Uh, And they've been slowly adding over the last year, the mutual funds, institutional investors. So it's at $83.55. It got up to about almost $120, $121 last year, was this high. And the low last year was fifty four, so uh, I'm thinking it's probably headed back down to the fifty area. That'll give it about a ten PE. The low of the five year range of PE is seven to f- to forty seven as a high, seven as a low. So seven is forty dollars or so, forty five dollars somewhere in that range. So I think it's headed down there, and it's a good solid company, really is. Wish to pay the dividend, but. Maybe it will when it gets bigger. That's M-Y-R-G. Myr Group is the name of the company. Let's go to Emilio's in San Francisco. Hi, Emilio's. Sir, how are you? Good. Haven't talked to you in a while. I, I haven't talked to you. I know I, I, I stole a moment from work so I can call you because I had to. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's always great to talk to you and Dustin
2: and thank you for uh, everything you've done. My, my yeah, I have an overall question. If you're a fan of value, I have a lot of tech, like you mentioned earlier. I yeah. mean, a lot. I have a few. Do I keep it at this time? Like,
3: if you. Well, uh, I would probably – yeah, okay, it's a good question. I'd probably keep the tech um, until we get our next rally. We are going to get a relief rally. It's not all going to be one direction. We should get several days or a week or two of the market rallying, and then that's when I would cut back on the tech. Because uh, You would cut back. Okay. I would. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't get out, uh, Emilio. So you don't have to get out completely, but I'd cut it down. I, if you have big tech, I like big tech. You know, there's big, the big guys. You know, the sp- fangs. You know, uh, not all the things, but yeah, a lot of them. Um, okay. So don't, it is time to, it, I'm trying to convince people that you're in a different time now than the last 10 years, okay? And that time is, growth stocks are not going to be as great as they have been. They're not. Doesn't mean they're going to crash or they'll never come back. I'm just saying you'll do better being on the value side of the market. Okay. Okay? Got you. Thanks, Ian Lidus. Appreciate it. And that doesn't mean one of the techs or a couple of techs might skyrocket. Yeah, they could, but... The market is not going to be favoring that and hasn't for all this year and part of last year. So, we have good news for Invest Talk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a faster pace. We have posted all, um, we have posted on all new April rapid fire hour with 30 caller questions answered quickly. Okay. It's available now as a free podcast download. Please tell your friends reason we do this is we get more questions than we can handle on air, and we we want to get to them. We want to get to them, so we do this every so often to catch up on our backlog. So, rapid fire hours—what they call? What's it called? Okay. And now the investor phone lines are open. You can call eight 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 ninety nine charge.
0: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go
2: from here? When do I know the
1: right time to take... Profits. Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here?
0: And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction.
2: I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've
3: One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. So as long as your questions involve the stock market or general investment topics and definitions, we set no limits. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Justin and I are ready. Are you? Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278 is our number. We're live. You can give us a call. I would love to talk to you. My focus point today is based on the headline, First Quarter Worker Output Showed the Biggest Decline Since 1947. Productivity is what I'm talking about. First quarter, just numbers just came out this week. Productivity, the lowest since 1947. That's a long time ago. Worker productivity fell seven and a half percent to start the new year 2022, and that's the harshest pace in nearly, you know, in nearly 75 years. So we'll talk about that, you know. And just so you know, one of the major reasons is labor costs soared 11.6 percent. We'll discuss it. Okay, there's not going to be any trivia question. I have other topics, by the way. I want to talk about the jobs report for April. That came out this morning. I think, uh, you know, I always like to talk about it every month that it comes out. And how how has the year really been for the overall stock market? I think people have gotten thinking that it's just terrible. It's, It's not good. I'm not suggesting that that, but it's not nearly as bad as you know, the the tech stocks tell us, okay? And tech stocks is not the market. It's part of the market, important part, but it's not the overall market. And why are, why did natural gas prices soar in in recent months? Why? Just in this recent month. Well, everybody's going to say, well, because of, because of the Russian war. Well, we're talking about natural gas prices. And that is part of the reason. I mean, I'm sure that that is, but most natural gas is used domestically. his sword. I think it was up like, uh, let's see, I think it was up like, yeah, 90% in a month. So those are the things we're going to talk about. Of course, you drive the show, we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So let's go talk to Leo in Los Gatos. I like that name, Los Gatos. It's in San Francisco, a town in San Francisco. Hi, Leo.
0: Hi, howdy doody. Uh, In generality, if tweeter goes private, is that a pro or a con with if you're a shareholder
1: of
3: well, uh, Twitter. Well,
1: Twitter,
3: uh, yeah, Twitter was purchased by um, uh, by Elon Elon Musk. Okay, and right. the purchase purchase price was much better than the stock price. So you're going to get a nice bump from that if you've been if you've been an owner of Twitter. Once, but once you get paid, once you get paid, you don't long, you no longer own the stock. It's going private. Okay. Okay. And you'll see. Thank you show, very much. You're welcome. You'll see the money show up in your portfolio when they close. And I don't know when they're closing. But I'm not. Yeah, I don't know when the when the deal is going to close. But it looks like the deal is there. The deal still could fall apart. By the way, that's possible. But I don't think so. I really don't. 888.99 chart. How the market did today? Did you take a look at that? It was kind of, you know, it was up and down, up and down, but always up and down, up and down in negative territory, and never. I didn't. I didn't see it pop above the the line ever this morning. Maybe it did when I wasn't looking, but it ended up the now down 99 points, the Nasdaq down 173 points, and the S&P down 24. So it's a follow on on yesterday's losses. Um, And we had that one big day the day before yesterday when the Fed announced their half a percent rise. So it was not a fun day and a fun week. (laughs) You know, it's not. Uh, If you remember right, the market uh, peaked like on January, right at the beginning of January, um, then fell and then rose again, I think much of March. Okay, then then uh, it's been falling for the last couple, three weeks, maybe a little longer. I haven't really, I can go check on the exact date, but, but that's kind of been the play of the market so far this year. Now, how far up and down uh, you have had your portfolio depends on what kind of stocks you have. Um, value has worked very, very well. Now, that doesn't mean it's up. But compared to the overall market, it's done very nicely. We are moving into a break. It is Friday, so I will share highlights from the KPP Premium newsletter, everybody. And that will be at the halfway point of the show. My phone lines are open 888 99 chart.
0: Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, Don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
3: Well, my focus point today is all about the the first quarter worker output showed the biggest decline since 1947. We're talking about productivity there, people. Worker productivity fell 7.5% to start 2022. And that is the hardest, harshest pace, harshest. In 75 years. And labor unit cost was up 11.6%. Pretty, pretty amazing numbers, really. And just so you know, this also reduced, that means the first quarter GDP was negative. That's what that means. Okay, so we have a first quarter GDP where we didn't have growth. Two quarters in a row is a recession. Now you're going to say, "Well, how's that possible? We have full employment, and we do. It's a weird situation. So this 11.6 jump in labor costs and and, and uh, the uh, the shrinkage of productivity by seven percent. It's those are very odd numbers, and it's just abnormal. So i i don't want I don't think we should get too worried about it because we have uh, uh, job report came out we still have plenty of workers we have still have 11 million open jobs and we still have low labor participation and we have a high quit rate what does that mean high quit rate that means people are willing to quit their jobs very happy to do so and get another job they're not a fear they're not fearful that they won't be able to get a job and when they when you have that, that means salaries are going up because people don't quit and go work for someplace else for less money. It's more money or higher benefits or better working conditions, something. And that's why they quit, willing to quit. So I don't know if we should worry ourselves terribly about this productivity number, but it certainly is not a good thing. You know, and inflation is pushing it, right? One of the things that was really bad 40 years ago or whenever that and that was in nineteen late in 70s or early 80s is when we had a really huge inflation number was that there was a a, a cycle of higher wages and higher prices them producing higher wages and then higher prices produced higher wages it was a cycle and we got entrapped in that cycle. And Powell mentioned it briefly in his um, press conference that, you know, he doesn't think we're going to have that in this inflationary times we're in. Of course, if you remember a year ago, that same Powell, Federal Reserve chairman, said inflation is temporary. We don't need to worry about it yet. Uh Uh-huh. So how temporary is an inflation? And it just keeps going up and up and up. It has. You know, now they decide to deal with it. See, this is why they're late. They're there, meaning the Federal Reserve is late. You know, they didn't recognize inflation getting out of hand when it was getting out of hand. They did nothing about it. They should have started raising. You know, I, I don't like going back and say they should have done this back then. But I will point out, when I was on the radio show back then, I said they need to start raising rates, and they weren't. And they, and I'm, yeah, it's just frustrating sometimes because I don't think it's that hard to see that we needed to start raising inflation, uh, raising rates. And I wasn't doing it only for, I wasn't suggesting it only for a higher inflation. I also was also saying that we're going to have a huge spurt of growth when, we come back out of COVID when we stop having these restrictions. Everybody's going to want to go out and do stuff and go on vacations and eat out. And, you know, they've been trapped for a year. You release that, the consumer, he'll go out and spend. And we were giving the consumer tons of money to spend. So, so of course, that's going to produce inflation. And of course, that's going to produce a big, huge spark in growth. Well, why wouldn't you start raising interest rates in that kind of environment? But they didn't. Why not? So, anyways, just my opinion. Okay, we had we uh, let, let's fit in another caller question before the before the next break. Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
2: Hi there, my name is
0: Borov my question is about Palo Alto Networks stock ticker P A N W. I have a, a holding in this asset for. It's done fairly well. I was just wondering what your opinion is on future performance of the stock, and if it's continue to hold the stock or sell it and kind of
2: take the benefits that uh, I've gained over the years. Thank you.
3: I would take the benefits. I take. I cut Palo Alto Networks has done very well. Provides network security infrastructure products for enterprises, services providers, and overnight entities. Uh, I, I'm sorry, and government entities, and I like the company a lot. Sales, earnings, all growing very fast. This is a growth stock. Now, it's a $504 price for the stock. It's going to make $9.02 next year, okay, and making $7.29 this year, so very good, but it's it has 263% debt, uh, a really high P.E. ratio. Turner equity is very good at 71%. There's no, nothing wrong with the company, except that it's overpriced, even with all the high growth. It's just expensive. That's why I would take profits. Maybe not get out completely. Well, the Friday podcast and radio show is moving pretty fast. I will share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter in a few minutes. Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
1: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com, that's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com.
0: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART.
2: Hey, Justin. Been hearing the podcast for a few months now and started taking your approach as I am a new investor. I know you recommend to take a look at companies
0: that you love when starting off. And one of those for me is Nike. Take your symbol NKE. I have a long-term outlook as I'm starting in my early 20s. What can you tell me
2: regarding Nike and what price is it good to start a position? Love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. Have a good day. Nike,
3: everybody knows who they are, makes high-quality athletic footwear, apparel, equipment, and accessories on a worldwide basis. It's a $180 billion company, so it's huge. Uh, They make money every year. They grow their earnings every year. They have sales that go up almost consistently every year. Not always, but most of the time. Um, Their growth right now, last quarter, is 5%. Okay, the quarter before that was one. Before that was sixteen. The quarter before that was ninety-six percent. So, you know, it's it's Nike. They're going to make three dollars and seventy-three cents a share this year. Next year, four dollars and sixty-two cents, and it's a hundred and fourteen dollars stock. So, we're talking about a twenty-three, twenty-four PE somewhere around there on next, based on next year's earnings. Um, I think I like Nike a lot. I I I, I it's a it, It pays a small dividend, 1.1%. I wish they paid more. Return to equity, though, is 55%. Really huge. Management owns 4% of a $180 billion company. A lot of shares that management owns, so they're focused. They topped at about 100 and what, 179, 180, and today they're at 114. So they're coming off that high. I think that you want to pick this up. I think there's going to be a lot of support about $100. I would consider buying at $100. I think it will I think it very well may go there, may break even a little bit below $100. But that's a good buy point. I'm looking at a chart. Okay, the KPP premium newsletter was finished today. I I know for a fact because I'm the one who finishes it, I'm the writer. So So, yeah, it finished today. We we distributed every Friday on Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning, not Friday. I finished on Friday. We distributed on Saturday morning to subscribers, okay? So, in the market conditions section, which is the first section, I explained that right after the latest Fed meeting and during the press conference with Chairman Jerome Powell, the market rallied. Everyone expected the half percent hike in the Fed's fund rate, that wasn't anything new. But during the question and answer period, mister Powell said he was going to be flexible, that he didn't see a need to for too many five and a half percent increases, and that the Fed is not tied to any one direction in their policy. So he's so I think the market liked that the first day, of course, second day they didn't. Chairman Powell expressed a desire to get to a neutral position on money supply, but he did not allow himself to be tied down as to precisely what that meant. What's neutral? Um, Members, he's moving up. He's buying interest rates. He's pushing interest rate up, and he's going to start next month lowering the balance sheet of the Fed funds rate, but he didn't tell us how far he's going to go or how far he thinks he should go or anything like that. No hints. As far as remember, that's drying up liquidity in the in the economy. That's what he's doing, drying up liquidity. When liquidity dries up or or goes in a different direction, stocks start to have a real hard problem with that. And the effort is to slow down inflation. Well, how do you slow down inflation? You slow down the economy. That slows down inflation, and that's what they're doing. They want to slow down the economy. Anyways, got off track here. Unfortunately, the very next day, the market decided that the Fed was late in raising interest rates to fight inflation and will need to catch up, whatever that means. Investors doubted that the Fed could engineer a soft landing. This was yesterday, right? So they were fearing that, and the market took a really big dive. Now, there are various reasons for inflation. Uh, and why it's taken hold, rising to seven and a half, eight and a half percent percent or so. The U.S. economy is still very strong, and I say that after the first quarter GDP, but it's an odd number. Remember, it's odd because consumers are still spending a lot of money. As long as the consumer's on your side spending, you're okay. I mean, I mentioned the ISM numbers, Institute of Supply Management, at 55.4%. Anything above 50 is growth uh and, you know so the, and the the various indicators are telling you that you know we are growing we meaning the economy here in the united states so there's more commentary in the newsletter for you to read in the portfolio management section i asked this the question should you own mutual funds etfs which are exchange traded funds or stocks now each of these assets have their pros and cons Stocks are the basic instrument for investors, and owning individual stocks is, in my opinion, the best way to invest. In today's world, where in most instances there are no commissions to buy or sell stocks, even a fairly small portfolio can be made into a properly diversified managed account. There is no single answer with regard to which of these assets you should use. At KPP financial we use stocks and occasionally etFs to participate in slivers of the market which are difficult to enter I explain more in the news of course yeah so we explain it all and uh, I looked at a company that you know as far as the stock ideas um, one of the United States largest telecommunication carriers it serves global enterprises among other things it provides broadband and service across 37 states and it's not who you think it is okay it's not it's not the two largest carriers it's not and i looked at a company that uh, provides an integrated health care services offering for its members it has nearly 9,900 retail pharmacy locations which are primarily in the united states earnings are expected to grow eight percent next year giving the stock a one-year forward PE of 11. The company currently pays sharehold a dividend of 2.2. And of course, I name names in the newsletter. I don't do it on the air because SEC has rules about it. So for all you new listeners, you think, why don't you just tell us? Well, I can't. I can answer your question about a particular stock. If you ask me, I can answer questions. But I am not allowed to give out Advice on what to buy and sell to people that I do not know. The SEC has a rule that a an investor investment advisor needs to know its clients. Well, I don't know my audience. I don't know you personally, so I don't know what your portfolio looks like. I don't know your situation. That's why I can't give you names of companies over the air. Just, oh, buy this one, buy that. No. I, no. Uh, if if I wasn't managing people's money well I could do that all day long Kramer does it on TV all day long well he doesn't manage anybody's money though and by the way don't listen to Kramer okay don't don't <laughs> do your own homework don't listen to me either do your own homework I will I will I will answer the questions but you know you are responsible for your money so you need to know how this works, and the consumer watch sections. I uh, talked about I bonds, inflationary bonds. I mean, the yields are very attractive right now, and how you can buy them. You can't, you know, you realize you're limited, and you got to buy them direct. You do, you can do that. Okay, there's also a good deal of valuable information in the KPPP newsletter. When you subscribe at InvestTalk.com, you will receive the newsletter. You'll receive the newsletter <laughs> each Saturday morning via your inbox. Subscribe at investtalk.com. Now, on Fridays, I generally make, take a little time and do a quick rundown of some of the benchmark numbers. The two-year treasury yield at 2.69. Okay, seven weeks ago, it was 1.96, and 19 weeks ago, it was a 0.6. Okay, so it's 2.69%. That's what they pay in yield. The ten-year treasury is three point one one. Last week it was two point eight six. So obviously both of the two and the ten years are moving up, and there's still there's no inversion yet. We did have a little inversion, but not. That was a few what months? Two months ago. Gold prices eighteen eighty three per ounce. It was nineteen eleven last week. It's Oh, what? Thirteen weeks ago, silver twenty two thirty four an ounce. Ten weeks ago, twenty three ninety four. So now. Oil was selling for one hundred nine dollars per barrel. Last week was one hundred two. Uh, you know, uh, uh, thirteen weeks ago it was uh, what was it? My eyes moved ninety seven or one hundred thirteen. Let's see. Uh, six weeks ago. Uh, 20 weeks ago, 20 weeks ago was it 66, 62, okay, 109 today. I'm and I'm telling you, and I've mentioned it several times in the newsletter. It's probably going to stay over 100 bucks, or around 100 bucks, or higher for the rest of the year. I don't see it changing. There's no fundamental reason for it to go down. The national average for a gallon of gasoline, four dollars and twenty-seven cents here in California, Southern California, where I am. Uh, Sitting right now, six bucks. Six bucks. Yeah, you can find it for five eighty nine or five ninety two, uh, but I've seen it for six fourteen, six fifteen. So about six bucks. Hasn't really gone down much. Pretty still painful. Okay, Kansas, Kansas. They're only paying three dollars and ninety one cents. Amazing. Move to Kansas. Kansas is a neat state. I I, I spent. I had to spend a month in kansas in and around kansas city part of working and i really enjoyed it neat place so let's grab another caller question this time from san jose california hello this
2: is david from san jose i'm looking to invest in a wireless carrier and i'm looking at at&t and verizon i'd like your opinion on which one you think would be a better company to invest in and a good time to buy thank you I'll listen to your answer on the podcast
3: Okay, remember, I'm not supposed to make recommendations. The SEC doesn't allow it. You asked me about two companies, AT&T and Verizon. Uh, both pay very nice dividends. Uh, both are, you know, huge. I like them both for those dividends. Don't buy either one of them for growth because neither one of them are growing. If I think, personally, myself, I think Verizon is a better better run company, better run company than AT&T. But both of them pay in excess of 5% dividend. It's hard to pass that up. It really is. And uh, Verizon's PE ratio is 9, and AT&T's PE ratio is 6. So both of them are at the low range of their PE ratio. I like them both. But just my opinion. Okay, uh, jobs report. Jobs report: There was four hundred twenty-eight thousand new jobs produced in April. They expected four hundred, and it was four hundred twenty-eight thousand last month too. Uh, unemployment rate: three point eight percent. I mean, three point six percent. They expected to drop up three, to three point five, but three point six was the same as last month. Labor participation rate for the age group of twenty-five to fifty-four. So, trying to get that sweet spot. Okay, they expected it to be, uh, last month it was 82.5. It's 82.4. Overall labor participation rate is in like the low 60s, still below pre-COVID level, levels. We got several millions of workers out there that are not coming back or have not come back to the labor market even though I'm not talking about retired people or retirement age, I'm talking about the working age people. Why? Why aren't they coming back? Good question. Maybe they're getting too much incentives to not work. Well, how would that be? Maybe too much unemployment unemployment benefits. Maybe they're still living off the extra unemployment benefits they got during COVID. Or maybe they decided that the quality of life is better just staying home. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, but it is disturbing. We also have 11.5 million jobs available, 11.5 million. Employers are having a heck of a time. So no wonder wages are going up, right? I mean, employers can't get workers. They keep offering more money trying to attract them. So I, I have a nephew who's 19, and he works part-time as he goes to school at uh, a local nationwide chain making sandwiches, okay? I won't name names. But he's making over $20 an hour just making sandwiches. So interesting, very interesting. Okay, can we fit another question in here? I think so. 888-99-CHART.
2: All Hi. This is awesome. I had a friend that had a lot of stock in a company out of Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: Aon, ticker A-A-O-N. He
2: uh, was freaking out about the uh, stock coming down. I seem to think that it looks maybe like a buy opportunity, but wanted to get uh, you guys' professional opinion. Thanks so much for your podcast. It helps me out a lot.
3: Okay, Aon is a Tulsa, Oklahoma company. Uh, They are $2.7 billion size, a $52 stock, a really solid company, uh, good numbers, uh, nice growth recently, and the stock has been tailing off, right, I mean, because of the market. So they're going to make $2 a share next year. It's a $50 stock. That's a 25 PE, and that's below their five-year range of 32 to 73. So this is a good price. About 50 bucks is a good price. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now 888 99
2: chart. The stock
0: market is volatile, it's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk-alized quiz. Hey, it's Justin, a longtime listener and fan. Appreciate what you guys do. I got a question about CEFs, closed-end funds. Uh, In particular, GLV, George Lima Victor. I was hoping you guys can shed some light on this matter. I've seen some posts online and articles on the Forbes magazine, you know, talking about, you know, invest $450,000 in CEFs and get a return of $4,500 a month. And I wanted to see if there's any truth to this matter. Your info is appreciated. And I'll look forward to your responses on the next podcast. Thank you so much, Here,
2: Charles from Irvine. Thanks.
3: Okay, Charles. Uh, this is a Global div- Dividend and Income Fund. Uh, they pay a currently they pay a twelve percent dividend. So if you bought a million dollars worth of this fund. They're going to pay you one hundred twenty thousand dollars next year if they're going to pay that yield of twelve percent. Now the problem is you can't guarantee. There's no guarantee that the yield be, will be twelve percent. It can fluctuate, and if the fund goes down, you lose. You know, still lose money. You can still lose money, but it's a pretty steady fund. It ranges from a low of uh, right around eight dollars to a high of. Around 14, it's at 9.04 now. Now, let's talk about quickly what a closed-in fund is versus an open-in fund. Talk about mutual funds or ETFs, people. Uh, Open-in fund is what most mutual funds and ETFs are, meaning. They always sell at net asset value of the fund. The fund has a net asset value, so it takes the value of all the holdings and say, okay, this is how much these holdings are selling on the market. And if new buyers come in, they just issue new shares, so they always sell at net asset value. A closed-in fund issues a finite number of shares, a million shares, a 10 million shares. This one is 11.2 million. Uh, no, that's the shares outstanding. Uh, yeah, 11.2 million. So, um, that's a finite number. The number never changes. So, that value of this fund, which is $9.04, can go up and down, not just on the value of what they hold, but on supply and demand pressure. So, if everybody wants to get in this fund, this, can, this fund can sell at a premium to the net asset value. And if everybody hates the fund, it could sell at a discount to the net asset value. So one of your jobs is to find out, well, what is it selling at now? It's $9.04. What is the net asset value? Is that at a premium, $9.04 a premium or a discount? See, you gotta understand what you're buying here, guys. Understand what you're buying, okay? Good question though, GLV is the symbol for the company. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, okay. As I'm looking at this, have the year really been the bad for the stock market? Has it? The high was January 3rd for the S&P 500 at 4,796. And as of Thursday closing, the big down day, it was 4,146. That's about 14% down year to date, right, for the S&P 500. Since 1950, you know me, if you listen to the show any length of time, you know I come up with the stats, right? I come up with interesting stats. I think they're interesting. That's why I share them with you. Since since 1950, the average annual drawdown of the stock market over a year, the average annual drawdown of the stock market is 14%. And the market so far this year is down 14%. We're talking about the S&P 500. 32 of the last 42 years, the market showed positive returns after a 14% drawdown. In other words, it went down 14% by the end of the year, above what it started the year. Above. Positive for the year. Positive. Okay. Okay. Now, because I've been talking so negative about the market recently, I don't want everybody to think that, oh, I think the market's terrible. No, I'm still still invested. No one knows when it's going to stop. It's going to stop going down. There's upward bias to the market. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Out program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. So get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and we would like a rating at iTunes if that's how you download your, your 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 podcasts. We like a positive rating, of course, but it helps our profile. That's why we want you to do it. Okay. Independent thing, and shared success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Good night.